The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Multicast Network, brought to you by the Market Dominator, who is over here and uh, is feeling better. He, he, yeah. He's uh, he's uh, at this point he is uh, recovering from COVID. He has turned the corner, and my man is doing good. So uh, super 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 excited about that. But uh, my name is Joe Miller. I'm uh, one of the co-hosts of the Hump Day Hotline. That over there is my guy. Jay Spencer King. What's up, Jay Spence? What's up, man? I keep telling you, you got to extend that intro. At the end, every time I'm just like, I'm vibing with it, and then it's gone. I, I don't, you know, you got to extend it, man. <laughs> so I've got somebody working on, and my speaker's on. Sorry about that. I got somebody working on uh, intros for all my shows, including this one. So I've got a dude that does motion graphics. That's uh, that I, I'm I'm gonna have to pay him to do. It. He's not doing it for free. But I got some. I hope some sweet uh, some intros coming. So that song will then be over an intro like some video stuff kind of like the cool stuff you do like i don't have any i don't have any cool intros like you have so we're about to have one for this show i gotta redo it i gotta redo it i want to i want more live shots instead of city shots really that's cool yeah. that's good so i think i'm gonna redo it welcome to everybody who is uh jumping in i'm just now realizing that i didn't put this on facebook like i didn't send it like into all the different bills media or bills mafia groups messages so i don't know who we're gonna get tonight but it looks like we've already got some regulars piling into this thing nautica hears is back elliot eisler's in the room what's up elliot uh mcnizzle daniel gowers is up here eb's in in the room uh eli padilla's in the room you're in the room apparently i'm in the room jessica tennis is in the room my sister's Jamie's in, in the room my sister's yeah. in the room like always haven't seen my mom in a little bit my mom hasn't. There's Matthew Montgomery. Uh, haven't seen my mom up in the room here in a couple weeks, right? Uh, she was here. So I I wasn't with you last week. She was in here the the week prior with Sterles. Yeah, I didn't don't remember. She was didn't in see with her. Didn't yeah. see her. So how? Uh, just to let everybody know, we're not going to spend a ton of time on the Houston Texans game. That game was it, what it was. <laughs> uh, we are what i was about to say they won and that was it like they won yeah, yeah 40 to nothing <laughs> like there was a lot of takeaways in my opinion there was a lot more takeaways from that football game than the miami dolphins shutout game or even the washington football game there's was a lot of great things that came out of that game however we're gonna we're gonna spend the bulk of our time this evening and on this show talking about the bills chiefs matchup and i've got some good stuff but before we get there 
we'll talk a couple nuggets from that football game. I loved that the, the Bills put a – I predicted it on Saturday. I know you watched the show. You actually jumped in and were part of the show on the on the Time to Shine. Um, I love that we saw – and I was right that we saw the Bills put a bunch of stuff on tape. And Fina confirmed it. I don't know if you saw his card, his playlist card, of like all the different run formations the Bills ran, which he was like – it was insane how many different run formations the Bills ran. Like, And he started reading them all off. Uh, because that's stuff that the Chiefs now have to prepare for coming into this game because it's not like, oh, that's the four different run plays that we normally run. There was like 13 yep. different run plays that the Bills ran. Um, I loved what I saw just from the defense, obviously. Um, I loved what I saw from Jaquan Johnson and DeMar Hamlin. I loved what I saw from Cam Lewis. I loved what I saw just from the offense in general, especially those running backs. However, if you're ready, there was, a there was a certain dude that was the AFC Defensive Player of the Week, one Tremaine Edmonds. And I know you've he got a couple of things catching to say. bodies. That's what he was doing. He was <laughs> catching you. bodies. He was murdering people live on TV. And I, I've been telling people since week one. Actually, I've been telling people all offseason, before the season even started, that Tremaine was coming around this year. And y'all was going to eat your words. And I'm telling you, it started week four now. He's getting this award and it happens. I'm just telling you, it's over. My guy is here. Okay. I need you. I, I did a I did an apology for him for Star Sunday during the game. I'm gonna redo one for Tremaine because mm. I feel like some people are still disrespectful. I posted this morning, like I've been trying to tell y'all all year. Somebody said, Well, he's still not worth it. Look, whatever. I don't care what y'all think he is and isn't worth. I'm glad that Brandon Bean and Sean McDiddy are the guys that's running this franchise because <laughs> I'm telling you, if it was a lot of these fans who actually were making decisions, we would be without a lot of people. Like a yeah. lot of people would have gotten cut or traded and Tremaine would have been one of them. I'm not yeah. trying to hear it. My guy is the defensive player of the week and y'all going to eat y'all words. Matter of fact, catch them bodies. Bodies. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> So Tremaine Edmonds had uh, one heck of a football game, and he he literally has done a very good job uh, this season. He's he's the anchor of that defense right now, and it's it's exciting to watch. I'm gonna be watching him this weekend for sure. Sat Sundays Sunday nights, dude. The Sunday night football game is just. Somebody asked me today. Uh, I was at the gym this morning, and uh, Ben Woods from STA Performance. And just so everybody knows, I work out at STA, which is Special Teams Academy. They have a lot of connections to Buffalo Bill to, to the actual Buffalo Bills and to a lot of players. Uh, a lot of the players bring their kids there uh, to work out, and a lot of players in the offseason work out there. Ben played for UB. Uh, they've got like Brandon Bean's kids work out there. Like it's crazy the amount of like he preps players and NFL players. But anyways, I'll say that Ben asked me. He said, "Hey, you know, um, I forgot where I was going with that." You well, we were talking about right. Tremaine. You said you were watching. You're going to be watching him, and then. Uh, you know, I, I feel like <laughs> I, I can't help total, you. I can't. Total 48-year-old man brain fart right there. It's gone. Um, hey, guess who's here? Hey, it's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> just in time. You think I'm old. You should see my mom. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Totally kidding. My mom is actually not old. She's actually very young and spry. Where was I going with that? Um, I remember him asking me the question. But, oh, well. Anyways, we were talking about... Uh, uh, yeah, I was uh, totally giving love to STA performance there for a second. And uh, yeah, oh, well, it'll come back to me, I'm sure. I don't remember how we got on the subject of me working out this morning, but uh, <laughs> I'm an idiot. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, it happens. 
anyways, it's just been fantastic just seeing this defense kind of come into form and become what they're going. I've never done that before, like on a show. That's the first time, like literally the first time. So maybe, yeah, maybe it happens to me all the time too, just never in a show. So, um, uh, but uh, it, it's going to be exciting for me to watch this football game on Sunday night um, and just kind of see what we're going to see. Um, and, and based off of what we've seen in the past, because the Chiefs, I don't believe based on who they've played and what they've done are the team we've seen in the last four weeks. And I don't think the bills necessarily are potentially the team that we've seen in the last four weeks. And I don't mean that in a negative fashion, the bills have played some chumps, right? Not that the chiefs have played some champs, but the bills have played some chumps. Now the chiefs did play the Browns and the Browns are, you know, they're, they're a playoff football team. They're the Browns match up very well against the chiefs. Every time the chiefs play the Browns, they're a hard out. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of, this Buffalo Bills team, what that defense does, right? Um, how they contain, obviously, Patrick Mahomes, and then what the Bills offense can do against that defense that is right now ranked 30th in the league. They're one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Thoughts on that? Well, for starters, you're, you're, I, I want to comment on your, your point about the Cleveland Browns matching up well. I know that's not the Bills game, but... I mean, if you go back to last year's playoff game, even when Patrick Mahomes was not in, the, the Cleveland Browns took them to the wire. Like it was it was yes. one of those games where they, you know, it came down to the last drive. So, yes, no, um, I think that Cleveland, you know, outside of Buffalo, a lot of people give them that credit. But I think Cleveland actually I think the AFC championship game is going to be Cleveland and Buffalo. I don't think it's going to be Kansas City. Um, so now fast really? forwarding to us. Wow. I do. I do. That I think is it's a hot take. And Buffalo. Hot take. I don't even think it's a hot take. I think it's like if you're, and I know you watch, but I mean, like, I think if you watch all the games from all the teams, top to bottom, Cleveland just has that roster. And right now, the only thing that's stopping them from being great is Baker. And I, I I'm not, I'm not, this isn't my normal uh, Baker's trash take. I think Baker has improved, but I think he hasn't improved enough to be the guy you know and and he's there they're gonna he's in cleveland he's not going anywhere for the foreseeable future like he no. the first quarterback to take him to the playoffs he's he's done enough to to stay but the thing is you know with that roster with those two running backs that offensive line the receiving the receiving core that he has and that defense you can't mm -hmm. be mediocre and the numbers that baker is putting up and, and I see Matthew saying Baker would be better when Landry gets back, but that's not an excuse. Landry being injured is not an excuse. Last year when Josh didn't have John Brown, his numbers didn't fall off the, the cliff. He still had to perform right. and he had good receivers. Cleveland still has good receivers and two very good tight ends. So the team is stacked. I don't, I don't want to hear about, I don't want to hear about Landry. I just don't, uh, you know, Baker has to show improve at this point. And, so that's the only thing that might stop him from getting to the, the AFC championship. But I think it's the Browns and the Bills. That would be, oh, man, how do I put that? I am, um, go ahead. Oh, no. Well, Bruce just said that Josh Allen opened this year with two bleh games. And Mayfield is still behind him and Stu in all advanced metrics. And that's what I'm saying. Um, regardless of who his receivers are, go ahead. Put that, yeah, keep, keep talking. Just leave that up. Okay. And so regardless of who his receivers are, these – these stew and advanced metrics and all this stuff that we're looking at, it doesn't, it, you can't depend on one player for the offense. So what Baker is putting out there, we're seeing film. We're, we're seeing Baker is not the guy that we thought he's going to be. He's not performing up to the number one right, overall right. pick. If you're going to redo that draft, Josh Allen is clearly the number one pick in that draft. 
Yeah, you leave that leave that up. But you're potentially hamstrung to a forty million dollar, like a year contract for a guy that's not Josh Allen's or Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, right? No, what I was going to say about this picture, and, I, and, and just so everybody knows, Bruce, me, and Jay Spencer, like super super close, we're all good friends. But like that's the picture. His his avatar that he's changed is the is the picture where uh, uh, Bruce Almighty is going, love me, love me. Like he's telling his girlfriend to love him, and like that's the one thing you can't mess with is free will. You can't make somebody love you. Um, just wonder if there's some some subliminal some subliminal stuff going on there for Bruce. I don't know, but uh, love you, Bruce. So we do love we do love you. So just so you know, we all love you, and we love the stew chart. It's it's pretty fantastic. Moving to or I, I guess staying on the defense, uh, DVOA, the Buffalo Bills this past weekend, and it's scrolling across the bottom. Performed in such a way that since these stats have been keeping track or at least as far as since they've gone back to, they've only gone back to 1983, the Buffalo bills in this game, in this football game against the Houston Texans, that was the best DVOA performance from a defense in NFL history, going back to 83. Absolutely insane. And I guess Incredible. the question I have for you, it, it, was it the defense or was it the opponent or was it the weather? Or was it all three? Was it all the above? I mean, everything has plays a factor, but but in reality, and this is you know, I said this on on Code of Conduct the other day. It's like it doesn't matter who we're playing against. The thing is, it's the NFL, and you have a roster full of guys who didn't want to be shut out and they couldn't score a point, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. And then look, those guys are getting paid just like us. I don't know, man. Like, granted, I feel, and I said this on the show too. If Tyrod would have started, I feel like they would have scored at least. You know? Oh but, yeah, for sure. That that game that game has a totally even with the rain and the weather, completely different dynamic. We, the two games that Tyrod, the game and a half that Tyrod played, right? Game and a half Tyrod played in, totally different dynamic with Tyrod in the football game from the run standpoint to the pass standpoint. That game, yes, plays out completely different. Not that the, not that the Texans win, but it's a yeah. different score if Tyrod's playing football. Yeah, Tyrod is he's a he's a better quarterback. He's he's not a great quarterback, but he's a good quarterback. And and Bills fans know him well. We know why um you know he he was the gap quarterback before Josh yep. and we know yep. why. So he he's a good dude, but and real quick, I do have to just comment on one disrespect. Tyrod Taylor is not the Grant Hill of the NFL. Grant Hill is a legend. And I was going to say which way which way you greatest. which which way you going yeah. on that? Because to me, Grant Hill is way better than Tyrod. <laughs> yeah, no, Grant Hill is like, I understand that he had injuries and he didn't win the championship and do all the stuff that we always thought he would do. But let's not disrespect Grant Hill. I am sorry. I love the NFL, but basketball is where my first love is. And Grant Hill was one of the OG legends to me. Please, let's not do this. Please. But I'm sorry. I had to, I had to address that one because Tyrod, he's my dude. I love Tyrod, but no. No, Every, everybody loves Tyrod. There's not there's not a whole lot of us that don't. So how do you think that that DVOA and I'm not you texted me that today, just that conversation about DVOA. And I told you, you know, basically, I don't know a, a ton about it. And to be honest with you, the person to bring into this show is Bruce to talk about DVOA and what that means, uh, because Bruce is that he's a statistician. That's what he does. Like that analytic stuff is his like that's his wheelhouse. How does that DVOA stat and what the Bills did to the Texans defense, how does that translate into this into this game against the Chiefs on Sunday night in primetime? Well, first, prior to me answering that, do you mind if I can I ask Bruce if he's free to jump in to to discuss that? Like that ask, one part? Ask away. Bruce. He's waving. He's waving at us. I don't know what that so, means. 
Bruce, if you're not like, you know, busy, if you can jump in for a quick five minutes, just to explain, because I, I sent the screenshot as well um, to Bruce. Well, he was in the chat with us. I, th we I think don't, we Bruce don't have to send him a link. He can, he's got right, he can just jump in. Yeah, just jump on in. So um, but but I think Bruce does a great job with explaining stuff like this in a way that, you know, I can get it because I'm not the, the brightest crayon in the box sometimes. So I, I would very much like for Bruce to jump in. And uh, if not, if you're busy, I, I can understand and appreciate it. But if you if you have the free to, the free time, please jump in and let's talk about this. But I think what we're going to see. Um, well, I don't know how much it translates to this game. Th mm. This game we're playing against an offense that is still even though the team overall hasn't performed up to what we're used to out when you're looking at the Kansas City Chiefs. This team is still very much a dangerous offense, and they still can do a lot of things. Now, the the difference is, uh, we got to see, you know, we see Patrick Mahomes making those bonehead plays that people used to say only Josh Allen made. Right, right. Now we're seeing Patrick Mahomes make those plays. It's uh, so it's about the pressure. Yeah, and and right now, you know, they're all under. All, every team is under pressure, but when you're known as the greatest and you're the best player. That's what happens. So before we keep going any uh, any further, we got my man Bruce in. Thank you for joining so quickly, Bruce. I appreciate you doing that. Um, how's it going today? Well, I mean, it's going well. I mean, I'm just at your beck and call. You know, they just <laughs> I, I'm like you know, I'm a little bit like casserole from your church family. You know, when you have a need for it, you just call it down, and it just shows up on your porch. You know, that, that's the way it is. You're like, oh, man, what's, what's his problems or problems? Well, uh, casserole. Let's just throw casserole at it. That's 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 the Bruce. Apparently. Casserole, casserole. Is better, it's better than macaroni salad, right? Well, it depends on the casserole. I've had some pretty <laughs> lousy casseroles in my life. So that makes I, sense. Oh, I, I can't say I eat much casserole. I just can't say I eat much casserole. So I'm sorry, fellas. I can't, <laughs> I can't say that's that. Hysterical. But so, Bruce, though, the, the reason why we got you in, and, and I mean, obviously, you're welcome to stick around for the entire uh show because we love you but um if you can kind of speak to the the stat the uh dvoa stat and I'll, I'll read it really quickly if you guys like let me pull it up in our chat here um the stat said that so since the bears in the super bowl what, what year was that 1985 i believe yep 85 84 85 bears yep the 85 bears in the super bowl um there the number was negative 106.1%. And then following that was the Eagles with negative 116% in week three from 1991. The Bills had a defensive DVOA of negative 134.6%, which is like, that's just like unbelievable. So Bruce, can you first, can you kind of explain, so for everybody who doesn't understand what the DVOA stat is, can you kind of explain that and then explain, you know, how the heck we were better than the 1985 Bears this past Sunday? <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll do my best, but if you all are familiar with the term rushing and passing success rate, if you're familiar with success rate, success rate is based around the idea that yardage in and of in and of a vacuum isn't necessarily a good measure of how successful a play was. So if you start with that basic concept that how many yards you gained on a play isn't necessarily what determines whether or not that play was a success. I'll give you a great example. If you gain three yards on third and 10, is that a good play? Are you happy about that? Well, of course not, right? If you gain three yards on third and one, are you happy with that? Well, yes. Well, both cases, it was third down. And in both cases, you gain three yards. But the success of that play is very different. 
So you start off from a foundational principle that yardage is not in and of itself good or bad because it's situational. If you get 10 yards on third and 25, that's not successful. If you gain 10 yards on third and nine, that's extremely successful because you were behind the sticks and you managed to make it happen. So let's start from that principle. Then you think, okay, well, what does success constitute? And success in rushing and success in passing is based on being able to pick up a certain percentage of the yards necessary to be able to get the desired outcome, which is the next set of downs. Or if you're within the 10, then you want to get a touchdown, obviously. So very long time ago, Pete Palmer, Bob Carroll, and John Thorne wrote a book called The Hidden Game of Football. And what they said was on first down, a place of success if it gains 45% of the needed yards. So if you're first down and you gain four and a half yards, that's good. On second down, you got to gain 60% of whatever you've got left. And on third and fourth down, a success is simply convert, right? Get to the next set of downs. So what DVOA does is it takes that basic principle and it says, okay, so we know that success isn't based on yards. Success is based on what you were going to gain relative to what you needed. So if that's the case, then we need to start figuring out whether or not the play was successful based on that. So it starts from that and it awards actual success points behind the scene. Then you get bonuses for red zone plays because the swings between positive and negative are more successful and more significant in the red zone. Plays that score touchdowns are obviously more significant. If you get, you know, third and one on the five and you convert it, that's success. But it's not as successful as scoring a touchdown from the five. Right. So all these things go together in an algorithm. Then on top of that, you say, okay, how successful were you now? Now that we've established, now that we have established whether or not the play was successful, let's take it and line it up based on how other people did against the team you're playing. That's the key. That's uh, what makes DVOA different than success rate because the D in DVOA stands for defense adjusted. Right. So it's defense adjusted value over average, right? So it's how well did you do versus this defense? And then how well did other people do in that same situation? So if you were successful, great. The last time another team had that exact same situation against that exact same defense, were they successful? Then you take those two things and you line them up. And that's where you get DVOA. How successful are you against the team with other situations exactly like that? Because if you were third and seven from the 24 against the Texans, guess what? Plenty of other teams are going to be third and seven from the 24 against the Texans. That's going to happen. So the longer the season goes, the more accurate DVOA gets because the more data and the more sample size you have of this stuff happening in identical circumstances against the team. That's what DVOA is. So they take these things and they say, okay, how good did the Texans do against the Bills relative to other teams against the Bills in those scenarios? And the answer is bad. They mm. did bad <laughs> against the Bills. So when other teams may have been successful on first and 10, because we've already established what success is, okay? So let's say other teams were successful against the Bills 10% of the time on first and 10. And the Texans were successful against the Bills 1% of the time. That's 
good for the Bills, bad for them. And that's how DVOA functions. In, in terms of defense, negative is good. In terms of offense, negative is bad. And that right there is essentially me trying to wrap up DVOA, which is really, there's, there's you know, there's 4,000 words written on DVOA on footballoutsiders.com. Right. Right. Like, so I'm doing my best to try and get it into about four minutes. So I, I hope I did. Okay. No, you did great. And what's funny is, uh, when I read it, when I was reading, uh, about the, uh, the bills just gained this past weekend, they actually talked about the fact that they don't wait it right until later in the season when the teams have kind of shaken out and, and kind of presented who they really are, because we all know that the first quarter of the season is a liar, pathological liar. And uh, what uh, Aaron Schatz said is they actually put the weights in. And even with the weightedness of the, the first quarter, which is not normal, the Bills still come out as the number one DVOA team since 1983, which to me was uh, – th- that was the point where I was like, okay, maybe there really is something here. And and the hard part about that is like the Bills have been playing trash football teams, right? They're not playing mm-hmm. great football teams. So it's not I don't even I don't even know where to put this. Well, you don't put it anywhere right now. You just know they've been playing well. The longer the season goes, the more accurate the metric becomes. Right. So at the very beginning, when, like you said, I, the, the phrase that you, you said that I like is not that the first quarter of the season is a liar. That's not the key word. The key word there is pathological. It's always <laughs> a liar. It can't help but be a liar. If you look back some of the week one outcomes last year, I have died in my survivor pool two years in a row on week one Mm. by having my team lose to a team that actually stinks. Mm. That happens all the time, all the time. So it's not just a liar. It's a pathological liar, but the longer it goes, it's a little bit like QB stew in the sense that the longer the season goes, the more accurate it gets. Right. And that's good because you understand anything that is so weighted towards sample size. You have to love a little bit because you know, it gets more and more accurate. The more sample size you have. Yeah. So the best part about this is, as I, as I kind of like roll this through my mind is, is me or husband bills fans sitting in the kitchen going babe to our wives, the bills were number one all time in DVOA. And then she says, what's that mean? And we're like, I I don't know, (laughs) but it must be good. So thank you for that explanation. Cause that does help. Like that actually kind of brings some clarity to it for sure. Hey, happy to help. I'm sorry to barge in on you guys there. I was just enjoying. I was sitting we, on the couch no, enjoying your show. We invited you and uh, you don't yeah, have to leave. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to leave if you don't want to. How, so the follow-up question that I asked Spence that I'll now present to you is how does that DVOA, if it does at all, and maybe it doesn't, how does it re- translate to this chiefs game? What, what do we go into it expecting knowing that we came off of one of the best defensive performances in NFL history? I think the thing that's going to be interesting for me is that this is going to be the first time where the bills are going to play a quarterback who can break, can break your DVOA. Mm -hmm. He he can, he can break those averages because really the interesting thing is how well do you do against Patrick Mahomes versus how well do other people do against Patrick Mahomes, right? That's really what this is. It's not about making Patrick Mahomes bad. That's not going to happen. Patrick Mahomes has probably only had this is this is not hyperbole. He's actually had one bad game in his career, and it was the mm. Super Bowl. Like mm. one legitimately bad game. I this is not hyperbole. Go back and look at every single game that Patrick Mahomes has had. There's only one of them in his entire career where Crazy. he started the game, played the entire game, and said, Yeah, 
yeah, he, he, he didn't play very well. And it was the Super Bowl. That's it. So he's a great measuring stick mm. because it's not about getting him to play bad. It's about the different shades of how well you will play and how badly he will play. It's about trying to minimize what he's doing and maximize what you're doing, which right. is really the point of DVOA to begin with is how well do you do in the same situation as other people? It's mm. attempting to add context. And that's the problem with metrics. And as a, as a guy who loves metrics, we can all agree that the lack of context in them is the issue. Every mm. single time someone says, well, yeah, he had a bad shoulder. Well, yeah, it was played in the rain. Well, yeah, there is no way to incorporate all the context. Right. But DVOA at least attempts to do some of the context, which is who are you playing against? That's good. Super, super good. Spence? I mean, uh, what, what do you say? What do you, how do you follow up to that? I mean, <laughs> I literally, for those of you that have not paid attention or did not at least tune into the John Fina show on Monday, I literally spent Monday and Wednesday with basically having my head explode. Like, I, there's a great deal of like, I don't know, I don't know shit about football. That's, that's what John Fina told me. And that's what Bruce Nolan just told me. I don't know shit about football. <laughs> so thank you bruce uh you're teaching us a lot yeah thank you hey i'm ha happy to be a part of it guys I, I i'm just i'm just thrilled to be a part of it you know i'm sitting on the couch and i just finished up recording my show and doing setting the thing for friday and all this stuff like this and i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna kick back and watch some hump day hotline like that's what people do on wednesday nights right i mean all the cool kids they kick out they keep back and they watch hump day hotline so i was kicking right. up watching hump day hotline they're like hey you want to join i'm like well the office is right over there i could just <laughs> sneak in real fast nobody would even notice Perfect. Well, I appreciate it. it because because that's that, that stat to me was so fascinating. And, you know, like but so everybody, obviously, you're not in the, the group chat with us. So like I sent a screenshot to Joe and Bruce and I'm just like, this is amazing. And, you know, both of them loved it and was like, yeah, it's amazing. But we didn't really discuss it and it, we didn't go through the conversation of it. So the way you just explained it there, Bruce, like you you just absolutely made me a better analyst. So thank you so much. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm here for you guys. Love you, dude. Have a good night. Have fun, but not too much. Exactly. Not too much. Never have too much fun. You can never have Turn too up. much fun. But uh, that that was, um, yeah, like literally head explode moments. <laughs> the, lecture Jake says the lecture hall is now dismissed. <laughs> is now dismissed. And it's, 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 it's literally, there, were, there was a play, and I, and, I'll, and I want to pull the video in in a minute when we talk about just Josh Allen, because I know that we're going to. There was a play that the, the breakdown from Brian Baldinger, and this is what it's going back to. So it's going back to when I when I talked about my head exploding, the second throw, the 31-yard pass that Josh Allen had to Stephon Diggs, where he he rolls to his right or his left rather, and then evades the 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 blockers, or I should say the 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 pursuers, and then chucks the ball down the field. I said to John Fina on Monday, I said, clearly these guys missed their assignments. It was bad. Like they totally like missed their blocks. And I said at that point, you can tell because uh, Mitch Morse, I think it was Mitch Morse and Darrell Williams turn around basically to watch Josh Allen get sacked. So they, they missed their blocks and then they turn around and they're watching this thing unfold. And John Finn is like, no, 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 they didn't miss their blocks at all. That's exactly what they're supposed to do. And I was like, wait, <laughs> wait, because, okay, I'm wrong. <laughs> and it was just like head explode moment. It's like, okay, so every time I see something on TV, it literally means that I don't know anything about you know what, what I'm watching. Last season on the chop up, Lorenzo Alexander basically told me the same thing. And 
ever since then, I've used my relationships with these guys that like now I'm growing these relationships. So I use my relationships to ask questions and to learn how to really watch film and to understand what I'm watching. There's a lot of times like so, for instance, you know, I'm always on this Tremaine Edmonds campaign and I'm always on um, like Levi Wallace and all of these guys. So what ends up happening is fans will get mad and say, oh, my God, Levi sucks. Levi gives up every time there's a third and three. He gives up 10 yards when in. Really, in reality, the Bills don't necessarily say give up the first down, but the Bills want him to cover the guy that he's covering a specific way. Right. And same thing. There are times where Tremaine Edmonds, his his actual assignment is to do something. And when he's doing it, because the ball is going somewhere else, it makes it look like he missed his assignment or he missed a tackle or he didn't do something that he was supposed to do. When in essence, he's doing exactly what the team wants him to do. So when it comes down to that, now I look like the idiot when I get on the show or on Code of Conduct. And I'm like, oh, these guys don't know what they're doing. They got to do better. And so, but then what ends up happening is now you got players who are like, F that dude. I'm not going on his show because he doesn't even know what he's talking about. Now I'm learning. And, right. and so what Bruce just mentioned, what you just talked about with John and then, like I said, with Lorenzo, the thing is, when you're when you're watching these games and you're like, oh, these guys look, I promise you nine times out of 10, you don't know what you're talking about, because I don't know what I'm talking about. And Joe right. just admitted he don't know what he talked about. Let's just let's just let the coach. Let's shot McDiddy do his thing. Sean McDiddy <laughs> knows what he's doing. <laughs> Uh, lastly, to wrap that up, thank you, Bruce, uh, for taking a couple minutes out of your evening uh, and away from your family to spend it with us and jumping in just on a whim. That's that's what's awesome about just being a part of this and being a part of this family and Buffalo Rumblings and being connected to to Bruce. Bruce is just he's a he's a I'm going to use the word asset. Like not only is he a friend, but like just having him a part of what we do and the ability for him to just jump in and explain to us because literally what I, that, that kind of that little, that little uh, play thing, that skit that I did where us as husbands are like, the bills were number one in DVOA all time. And our wife's like, what's that mean? And we're like, I have no idea. That's all of us, right? <laughs> it must be good because people are talking about it. And then you got Bruce out there that literally knows what the heck it means, which is super, super cool. So this football game, we need to transition, not need to. I want to. I I really want to transition to this Chiefs football game. And I would preface it by saying this. I just got done recording uh, with some podcasters for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I was completely floored by the opening conversation that was when the schedule came out, we circled that game on the calendar. And I was like, hmm. wait, you? the Chiefs fan circled the game against the Bills because that's not how we view the Buffalo Bills or us. We view us as circling the games on the calendar. And they're like, oh, we absolutely circle. And he's like, and now it's circled twice. And it's like, so you're anticipating, and they're beaming about Josh Allen, beaming about who he is and how special he is. Because all of us on Bills Mafia, on our side, all we hear about is, Good morning, football. Pardon my take. Nick Wright, all these guys talking about how Pat Mahomes is the greatest quarterback in the NFL right now, blah, 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 blah. And they're like going on and on about how special Josh Allen is to the point of at the end of the show asking me who the greatest Buffalo Bill of all time is. I said Bruce Smith. And then saying there's a good possibility. They said there's a good possibility when this is all said and done, Josh Allen is the greatest Buffalo Bill who's ever worn that uniform. And I'm like, what bizarro world like what is going on right now 
So this football game. See, that's another that's another conversation that we could have because that's actually a good question. Because in my mind, it's like, yeah, if Josh wins a few Super Bowls, then yeah, obviously. But the thing is, there's several conversations that I've had where I said that Bruce is the, the second or third best player of all time. Not just Correct. Bill's player, but so like even though Bruce didn't win championships, it, it's, it's going to take a lot for me to be like, and it's not even a Bills thing. Like to me, LT is that guy, you know, yep, like yep. so it'll take a lot for somebody to take LT off the top of that list. For sure. I don't know. I don't know what Josh would have to do for me to be like, yeah, Josh surpassed because that means he would have to be a top three player of all time. And I don't know. The, I don't know the, if I could. I don't know if I could take that in my heart. Like my heart would explode from happiness and. And I, I used I used the reality of the situation, which most people don't know, and I would dare to, to venture to guess that most people in the chat section, the comment section right now, don't know it either. That Bruce Smith played the you know the le- the right defensive end in a three four defense, and only played right defensive end. He never moved around the offensive line or the defensive line. He played against the best player on the offensive line every single down in a defense that was usually predicated by the outside linebacker being the rusher. And it wasn't, Mm -hmm. it was Bruce. Like he did something that no other defensive end has ever done in the history of the NFL successfully for whatever, however, 18 years they play for in the, for 18 years and walked away from the game, the sack leader. Like he is without a monster, without a shadow of a doubt, the the greatest Buffalo Bill who's ever played. So yes, to your point, like what does that, what what would Josh Allen have to do? That's not where we're going with this conversation, but. Yeah, I'm sorry. But I mean, like when you said that, it's just like, whoa, like I couldn't imagine, like for Josh to do that, like can you imagine the success that the team will have to have? Yeah. I don't I don't know if I could take that success. Like I I don't I'm already starting to talk crap. Like I was talking to a guy earlier at the gas station and he's he said something I had on uh, my Bill's face mask and he said something like, Oh, you guys are gonna get trashed this week. And I, I can't say on air what I said to him because <laughs> you know, we we have to we have sponsors and stuff, so we can't say bad things. But I'm like, Yeah, dude, you don't know who Josh F and Allen is. Like, that's the problem with you. So right, but right, okay, right, right, to your point though. So Sunday, Sunday, um, yeah, Sunday's there's game. everybody is, it's, it's, I feel like, I feel like we, we see it how we see it. I don't understand why there's still the, the misconception that like Buffalo don't get that love though, or that respect it. I feel like everybody around the league at this point circles, the Buffalo Bills and their Cal divisional teams. Like everybody's like, Oh, it's the bills. We have to like, they, they show up for the bills. They play their hardest for the bills. So I, I don't I really don't understand um, and I don't watch I, I will be honest I don't watch much stuff during the season and I don't listen to many podcasts during the season because I like to try to keep my content as like as original as possible. Sure. Um, not everybody does that. A lot of people steal content. I try not to. And for that purpose, <laughs> shots fired. Boom, boom. Shots fired. But uh, <laughs> but but the thing is, I, I do know. All the time, I hear nothing but high praises for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. So I, I guess I'm a little confused there. But no, they better circle it because if not, if they sleeping on us, we about to wake that ass up. Yeah, for sure. It, it was just it was just something that I was not expecting to hear from a Chiefs fan. Just because everything that we see on social media, everything everything that we see from you know the national media is just that Josh Allen is you know a stepson to to Patrick Mahomes. So and that's that that's neither here nor there. At the end of the day, when we talk about this football game, at the end of the day, this football game is about the Bills offense versus that Kansas City Chiefs defense, which is not good. That Chiefs defense is bad, very bad. 30th against the pass, 
They're not great against the run. They've been beaten by, obviously, teams they should have beaten this year. And then it's also about that Chiefs offense against this Bills defense. And this Bills defense is much improved. And I, he said, he, the question I got asked was what I expected or if I had a prediction. And I said I didn't have a prediction because for me it comes down to one of two things. How How is the this game for me, and you might have a different opinion, and if you do, I'd love to hear it. This game for me comes down to coaching. What are the Buffalo Bills coaching staff, what are they going to do coming into this football game? Are they coming into this game conservative? Are they coming into it the way we've seen, seen them last year, trying to dictate, which means that if you're trying to dictate what the Chiefs are going to do, you're changing what you do, which I am never a fan of. So if you're doing that, what does that mean? Or are you going in there and you know what? We're going to chuck the football all over the yard because that's who we are. And wherever the chips fall, the chips fall. And whatever the final score is, the final score is. And I have more to say about that. But for me, this game is about coaching. It's not about numbers. It's not about statistics. It's not about DVOA. It's not about Josh Allen being number one in the, in the league right now against the Blitz. It's not about Pat Mahomes and where he's at. It's not about their defense being 30th in the league against the pass. This, this game is about coaching for me. Where are you at? I could take that. Like, that's a take that I could get behind. For me, though, I, I do think it's – I think that the defensive pressure at this point is through the roof. I, th I think right now um, it's it's coaching. It's, it's for sure coaching because it's a chess match. But I think that the defense has to show up, period. Mm -hmm. I don't think there can be any other discussion more important than – the defense has to show up because if you look at the AFC championship, they were doing exactly what they felt like doing it when they felt like doing it, how they felt right. like doing it. And it didn't matter. If you go back to last year in what was it, October um, when, the, when the chiefs came to Buffalo. Yes. The championship game to me is, is an outlier. Both those games are somewhat outliers. The, 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 the championship game is more of an outlier than the regular season game to, but yeah, go ahead. Well, to me, they both, they're similar. I, you know, I, I know the score looked better in the regular season, but if yeah. you, and I know you've watched it as many times as I have. Yeah, they kicked our ass, dude. Like it, it, like the score got closer because the score was, you know. But, but no, like they really that game wasn't as close as the score showed. So, I don't know, man. Um, I want to. I, I want to pull. We're gonna back up a second. I want to pull this question up, Eli Padilla, because it's it's going off in the comments. John Spence, in your opinions, if Josh wins one Super Bowl. Does that put him ahead of Kelly? What do you guys think? I know where you fall, but I'm going to, I'm going to let you answer. And then I'm going to answer. I think Josh has already surpassed Jim Kelly. Right. So that, so I knew your answer was because we've, we've talked about it on this show last year. Yeah. If Josh wins one Super Bowl, in your opinion, he surpasses Jim Kelly for me. I'm not quite there. I'm not quite there because of guys that have Super Bowl rings named Trent Dilfer and Doug Williams. And, you know, Jeff Hostetler and Mark Rippon, <laughs> like winning one Super Bowl to me does not elevate you into the echelon of one of the greatest quarterbacks, maybe not top 10, but one of the greatest quarterbacks that have played football ever. So I just wanted to hit that real quick. Uh, we also have a super chat. Uh, oh, you were just pulling it up. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Nautica says, shout out to my homegirl, Nautica. She says, if we kick field goals inside the 20, I'll lose my mind for damn sure. Yes. I will not have a mind. I will not have a mind if we do that. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. Like that, that can't happen. But um, just to that comment real quick, though, can we I just don't want to move too quickly past it. I know yeah. I'll probably get bad because I always do when I talk about Jim. I'm, I'm not like a Jim hater. No. However, I think I think Josh has already shown us that he's 
by far I, I just do I, I don't think that we're going to see any super regression that will that will take us back to rookie Josh I think Josh has surpassed who Jim Kelly ever was on the field Jim Kelly had great years go ahead I was going to say that you can't have a conversation where the the national media and the people that know talk about Josh Allen being the best athlete in football right and he's the quarterback of a football team and then assume that he is not at some point in time going to be better if he's not already better than the best quarterback this football team has seen right I mean yeah. he's and, and I guess that's where I would leave it uh, that's not where where we were going tonight to have this conversation but Brett <laughs> I just think that coming. I just think that people's I just, I just think that people's emotions stop people from like being honest and I kind of mentioned that on the code of conduct this week too where it's like we we get so in love with our players and we it's like no he's been a and I, granted Jim Kelly has been a western New York legend forever so mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not at all questioning that and I'm not at all saying that Jim is not what Jim is that dude in Buffalo and he's going to be that dude for a long time, like probably until way past I die. You know what I mean? Like Jim is that dude. I'm not questioning that. But what I'm saying is Josh is that dude too. And right. he hasn't won as many games yet, but that's because he hasn't played as many. Guess what? The stuff that Josh is doing, he literally has the best. He literally has the best season of a quarterback yep. in Buffalo Bills history under his belt already. Right. He literally has the best season for a quarterback in a Buffalo Bills uniform in history. So y'all yeah. could like, I already see some of the comments like, hell no, Spence is wrong. He's not, I promise uh, you, but, I, but I, I saw three already. Even to your point though, Josh Allen didn't have Thurman Thomas. So, I mean, it's, it's yeah. So it's, so there's a great deal of like, if you've got Thurman Thomas on your football team, you're giving him the football. Like you no. just are. But if Josh Allen had Thurman Thomas on his football team, Thurman Thomas was rushing for 100 yards, 13 out of 16 games. And, but, but that didn't stop Jim from also still – Jim had a year – so Josh had how many yards passing last year? Like 45, right? 4,500. 40 something, yeah, 4,500, yeah. Yeah. He surpassed Jim in his best season. And, and it wasn't like by a ton. He didn't do it by like 600 yards, sure. seven or 1,000 yards. So what I'm saying is Jim – Still was he was flinging that thing around, <laughs> even with Thurman. Thurman was a receiver as well out the backfield. All uh, I'm gonna tell you, Bruce, prayer answered. This has happened already. I was gonna say, I, I think I said it like trillions <laughs> of times already, but I got you. I got this you. Next legit, time I bring legit. up Bruce, it will, yeah. I don't, I don't know where Bruce is. Legit has happened, <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I'm just, I'm just telling you, no, it's and no, he's saying so did Bledsoe for one year. I'm not talking about yards. <laughs> I'm not saying he had the best yard or most yards in the season. Josh Allen has the best season as a quarterback overall, yeah. not yards. It's one thing to throw for a trillion yards and not enough touchdowns. Josh so, has done it all. Let's let's bury that conversation because that's not what we're, we're supposed to be talking about. So that's an off-season right conversation that there's already a lot of passion about. So we have an opportunity to have a conversation about that in the off-season. Just because Bills fans don't know how to fall out of love, man. Y'all got to do better. So let's talk about the Buffalo Bills versus the Chiefs, which we've 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 kind of toyed with a little bit. So I said that I felt this football game was about coaching, right? So where are you at on this football game, and what do you see as the keys to the game? Um, like I said, defense first. We're not going to get away from it. <laughs> We're not going to get away from it. But it's a, it's a it's an honest question. At any point, and I'm sorry for those listening to this in podcast form, Bruce posted a question. It's that honest question. At any point in his career, was Jim Kelly the second best quarterback in football? 
Yes. Please answer that question. When? The answer is yes. It was there was several years where, where it was Marino and Kelly. As much so that that's the problem with this whole conversation is is we don't have recency bias. The recency bias for us is Jim Kelly retiring in 1996 and John Elway going on to win two Super Bowls with the Denver Broncos. What people don't realize is that when Jim Kelly retired, his numbers were better than Elway's minus two seasons. He had two less seasons than Elway had better numbers. So no, recency bias, on, you can you can say whatever you want to say about come on, man. Jim come Kelly's on, not, Elway couldn't beat him. Marino couldn't beat him. Montana couldn't beat him. None of the quarterbacks in that era could beat him other than Troy Aikman. And I'll sit here and tell you that Troy Aikman shouldn't be a Hall of Famer. I agree with that part, but but the the thing that you're saying about all those AFC quarterbacks, all of them, on, there's man. two. Well, but I'm saying like Marino, yeah, we owned him. You Couldn't know why we owned him? Because you wasn't know why it wasn't. It wasn't the defense. So it wasn't. It wasn't Bruce. Come it on, man. The and defense. then you also got to you defense. also got to look at you also got to look at. So you're talking about Marino. How many Hall of Fame receivers and and running backs and all that stuff did he have with him? When you talk about Marino's past, that's not you don't have a guy that, that is, stands up. That is no, the it's not. But but wait, you, time it's out. Not, time but, out. But, wait, I am. A second ago, on. you said Thurman doesn't matter if he's with Josh I didn't, no, Allen. That's but not now what Thurman I said. matters I did not with say. Jim Kelly. That's not what I said. See how y'all switch words? I didn't say he doesn't matter. I said Thurman was getting his yards and he was a receiver. He contributed to what Jim did. I'm not saying that Thurman doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is, yes, Thurman matters. He had a Hall of Fame running back. He had a Hall of Fame wide receiver in Andre Reid. He mm -hmm. had great – come on, man. Like, y'all can't act like – come on. I love Jim, too. So now it's the players and not the quarterback. So now it's about the surrounding cast and not the quarterback. Uh, if you put Jim, you put so Jim is, Kelly is with Pat, Kelvin so is, Benjamin and tell me he's going to do it. So then is, is Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes without Travis Kelsey and, 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 uh, and, and Hill. We've yet to see that. We've yet to see. He hasn't had the opportunity to show us that he can be just as dominant without. But as Kelly a man has who, always had a top defense and a top offense. Oh, he did not have a top that. defense. The, the biggest problem on, that the bro. Bills had was the defense. It was their biggest problem, but they also always had had Bruce. Come on, had you got the guy. best. You got the best edge rusher in the league, and he's always dominant. So well, even if your defense yeah. isn't good, like you're causing problems for that other quarterback. Not I, always. I just again, we we, so, we fall in love so much with the past, and and I get it. Like he's he's enshrined as like the greatest. I'm just telling you, like you got to paint the whole picture. The we can't just say that, it like he, the, the question. The question was, was, was he ever the second best quarterback in the league? And he was. He was. That's the he end. Was. No. Well, there's okay. how about there's this one right here. Jim Kelly finished second in MVP voting only to Thurman Thomas in 1991. That would make him the first best quarterback in the league in 1991. That would make him on a team with four Hall of you Famers. Can't, you but you can't have a conversation that Aaron Rodgers was the best quarterback in 2020. Can, Josh Allen wasn't close bro. because Aaron Rodgers had a better season and won the MVP. And then not say that Jim Kelly was not the best quarterback in 91 if he was the only quarterback with MVP votes. I'll go you a step can't further have that conversation. That. I can, because I'll go a step further than that and say if you get it, So, for instance, this is why I felt like Aaron Rodgers deserved an MVP last year. You give Aaron Rodgers the roster that Josh Allen had last year, they're a Super Bowl. Period. I don't, I don't disagree necessarily. And, and, and Aaron was still better than Josh. So that's what I'm saying. He was better than Josh with less. 
So when you're talking about Marino, he always was better he than was, Jim with less. He was better oh, than man. Josh in, in, in some points. Josh didn't have Aaron Jones. Josh didn't have Robert Tunyon. Josh didn't have Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, you you say that Devontae Adams is better than Stephon Diggs. So Aaron Rodgers did not have less. Aaron Rodgers' offensive line was better than Josh's offensive line last year. Mm. Yes. Okay. And, and and for the record, the gap between Diggs and, and Adams is not like huge. When Agreed. I say he's better, I'm I'm splitting hair. So totally. I'm not so you know I'm not, totally. but he also totally. didn't have Cole Beasley. He also didn't have we never we didn't think Gabriel Davis was gonna be Gabriel Davis. We didn't have that last year, or he Agreed. didn't have that last year. So yeah, he had Adams and he had a running back, but what else? Josh had an offense, man. Like there was no offense doing what we did last year besides the Chiefs. And riveting Aaron was still better. Riveting conversation, but we're not talking about the Chiefs. <laughs> Thank I'm you, Bruce. Saying. Thank you, Bruce, twice. Thank you for coming on and like so awesomely explaining DVOA. And then thank you, Bruce, for setting this show completely sideways for 10 minutes. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, though, like we, people just are not being honest about it. And I love Jim. I love Jim. Uh, I don't, but no he was comment. never better than Marino. You, you got to be better, honest. He there. was never better than Marino. I didn't say that. But you just said he was the second best quarterback in the league. Second okay. best. If Marino's number one, who's number two? John Elway was not number two every then. year. I'm not saying who? John Elway. Who were they? No, but but I'm just saying like he wasn't who like. Were they? Back then it was Marino, Kelly, and Elway, and that's it. Who beat Jim? Who beat okay. Jim Kelly in the Super Bowl? Mark Rippon, Jeff Hostetler. No, but again, Troy wins are not quarterback stats. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is who were the quarterbacks of, the, of that day that were going to the playoffs? Montana, which Jim Kelly beat. And Montana did not play, I think, Super Bowls one and two. He was injured. And then he went to the Chiefs, and the Bills retired him. Bruce sacked him and put him out of the game. We can we can we can go ahead and move. I would not I, I would I would agree. not say I would not say that Jim Kelly was the number one quarterback ever the years that he played. But to say that he was never number two, Elway did not have all great years. I'm not saying that and, he did. I'm not saying that he did. But what I'm saying is we 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 immoralize this guy as if he is just the greatest and there would never be a replacement for him. And I truly believe the season that we saw from last year, Josh Allen, I truly believe was the best season we've seen as a quarterback yeah. in Buffalo. So to me, that, that surpasses. Yeah, that, we're not, if you we're have not. the best season, you're the best quarterback. I'm not arguing that. I'm not. I mean, other than the game changes, I'm not arguing that at all. Like that's not what we're. Change. Yeah, we're not. We're not. We're not. We're not arguing that at all. So, as much as Jim Kelly was different than when Terry Bradshaw played football, Josh Allen is different than when Jim Kelly played football for sure. Totally right. I mean, yeah, I'm not arguing that at all. Josh Allen Josh legitimately better. has the best quarterback year of of you know of a, for a Buffalo Bill in the you know since the Bills have existed. However, he also has the least amount of handing the ball off in a year since the Bills existed, which makes a big difference. But we wanted to talk about the Chiefs, and we're 54 minutes into this show, and we kind of haven't. Everybody's but, uh, talking about the Chiefs this week. Let's talk about something that everybody in the comments is blowing up. <laughs> everybody's going to talk about the Chiefs. Let's let's keep it let's keep it going where where everybody's at. Bruce said Warren Moon and Marino ahead on yards. Young. So look, all I'm saying is. You know, the, the guys who who you and I both respect and not just Bruce. I'm sure if yeah. we had this conversation with um, Joe Marino, with Pat, let's let's put a group chat together when we get off of this. Thing. If we're going to have the conversation, two of us of the guys that you just named are going to have a different opinion 
than the other three because two of us watched him play like as adults. We weren't 12. We weren't eight. Bruce, I'm sure Bruce was an adult. Bruce was not an adult. He's around your age. He's in his 30s. If I'm, I could, I'm guessing he's in his 30s. I don't think he's 48 like I am. He's not an old dog who forgot what his I, comment was I, when he's trying to tell I, a backstory. Pat Moran is my think age. Bruce is older than I think. I think Bruce is older than you think. I don't think he's like 60 by any means, but I don't think he's 33. I don't think he was 20 when the Bills were going to the Super Bowl. I could be wrong. Bruce can tell me. He can. He can. Uh, he can. So I just think that there's going to be varying opinions uh, based on age and what we saw because okay. recency well, bias. There's, I'm, there's I'm one a, thing that there's, there's one thing to have a, have a conversation about what the stats read because I can sit here all day long and say Otto Graham was an amazing quarterback. All he did was go to Super Bowls, but I have no clue what Otto Graham did because I never really saw him play. I have no recollection of it at all. And that's really even at 48. That's how I feel about Montana. I don't really remember the mid-80s when Montana was great. For me, Steve Young was better than Joe Montana because I watched Steve Young play. I didn't watch Joe Man I saw the numbers. I saw the Super Bowls. But to me, Steve Young is better because I never watched Joe Montana play. And that's how a lot of... Too. And, and for the record, I do not seriously take offense, but I do take offense to the fact that just because you were an adult doesn't mean that I can't go back and watch the games. I've seen Jim play. Like, it's well, not it's like I'm just saying this based off of when I was a kid, I don't remember Joe Ferguson playing football. Like, right. But I'm a grown eight, man now. And I've, I watch Jim. Like I, I I'm, I'm becoming a student. Like I love film and I go back and watch games. And what I see from Jim is that he was a very, very, very good quarterback, but it, but I, I don't, I'm not in love the way everybody was in love. I think that he had his flaws. He had a bunch of flaws actually, which, which and were last season, which were, which were, first of all, he wasn't that mobile. And I get it. The game was neither different was, back then. He didn't need neither to be. Was Marino. No. Neither was Marino. Marino had lead feet. Marino didn't have to be. Marino could fling that ball around. I've never seen a better thrower of the football than than Mar Come on. But but you said mobile. That, Marino was not no, mobile. But but, you're, but we're not talking about Marino. Okay, so you he's not mobile. What's his, what's, his other, what's his other flaw? See how offended you're getting? About, I'm not, I'm not mad at all. I'm not mad at all. But you can't say that the man had flaws. I mean. No, he did. He did have flaws. He wasn't the greatest of all time. And then and Bruce just gave you a whole list of stuff that that showed why other players it. could be considered better. I didn't see it. I, it was we were I was in the middle of my diatribe when he was he was throwing his stuff and he was throwing his stuff. I'm, I'm scrolling back now. Jim is Jim. Like I said, I'm not I'm not at all um, at all saying that Jim is bad. I think that's where things get confused a lot of times when we say stuff. Dan Marino was a better quarterback than Jim. Can we agree there? Oh, who would not agree to that? A lot of Bills fans don't. A that is not true. That is not. And that they're young Bills fans that never saw Jim, Dan Marino play football. Dan Marino was the best quarterback possibly to ever play football. Better than Tom Brady. He was incredible. I, I will agree with you there. I think, and, and I hate giving him this credit because he was a Miami Dolphin. But I right. think Dan Marino was like, he, he sets that bar for me for quarterback. play. Like that guy was amazing. Jim was amazing. I'm not so I'm saying like when I when we have these conversations, I'm not by any means dissing Jim. I love Jim. The problem that I have with the Jim conversation is when people elevate him above L or elevate Elway above Jim because Elway won two Super Bowls in 97 and 98 after Jim retired. J John Elway gets Terrell Davis, who is a freaking monster in a wide zone running scheme. And all of a sudden, John Elway, because he helicoptered into the end zone is the second greatest quarterback to ever play football. And it's like, that's not history. That's not what history says.
See, in all honesty, though, and, and maybe we just aren't in the same conversations most times because I never hear Elway mentioned that way anymore. Like the only I, other I, person I, you're saying, if Jim is never the second best quarterback in the NFL when during his tenure, not to mention the then it, the only other person that could be in that time is John Elway. There was nobody else. Montana was injured and wasn't playing. Young. Steve Young was later. Murray, uh, uh, Warren, Warren, Steve Young was a Tampa Bay Warren Buccaneer. Moore. And didn't work, but Warren, Warren Moon was nice. And he was throwing the ball all over the field in the run and shoot, but he wasn't necessarily. I mean, it wasn't right. No, just come on, Warren Moon was nice, man. Like, come on, wasn't the second best quarterback in the NFL? Uh, okay, we could we could talk about the Chiefs. <laughs> no, we can't. The show's over. <laughs> I'm just saying, you're you're like really like you gonna we gonna act like Warren Moon wasn't that dude. And I know Bruce wants to be that dude. Bruce is that dude, but Warren Moon is that dude. We success. don't really act like we have success. No, I love Warren Moon. I don't. I don't <laughs> not like Warren Moon. Is you're, you're talking about kids from my? I, I have football cards of all these kids of, the, of all these guys. This is my childhood. You're talking about like literally my 12 to 22 year old age self. Like these are all the guys that Steve DeBerg. People are putting Steve DeBerg in there. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, I mean, you're talking about it's just it's just it's just a hard conversation to have because what people watched versus what it, it's the Jordan versus LeBron debate. Those of us that watched Michael Jordan play football would never say because we got the ability to watch Jordan play and we have the ability to watch LeBron play. They're two different players. And the, those that never saw Jordan play don't ever say that Jordan was better than LeBron. They're on the LeBron side. Those of us that watched Jordan play are like, y'all don't know what you what you missed. Like I've seen both. Was... I, like I've seen Jordan play, and I, I again, I, my love is more rooted in basketball than it is football, which mm. might surprise some. I've seen both, and I think LeBron James is the best player of all time. I do. He does more. Michael Jordan was the best scorer I've ever seen. He was the most aggressive closer I've ever seen. He played defense great. He did a lot of things great. LeBron is a freak. For sure, LeBron. Six, LeBron is six foot different. eight. Yeah, six foot eight. Playing the position that he plays is just not normal as far as that goes. But Jordan, he's going to have a triple double for his career when he's retired. Like, <laughs> so he's going to seriously, he's going to have ten thousand rebounds, ten thousand steals. Right, I mean, uh, right. assists. He's going to have points. He's going to have a triple double for his career. Nobody has done that. So it's like, and I get it, stats and whatever. Look, LeBron. LeBron's different. LeBron is different. So. And that's fine, Troy. I lost you, or Trey. I'm sorry. I that's cool, Brunt. Yeah. But you talk to you talk to you talk to basketball heads, and I'm telling you, like, and I'm not just saying people who seen both. You're gonna have the argument. Some people really do feel like Joe just said, like, no, Jordan is that dude, and I can't be mad at Jordan. Like, when I say somebody is over the other, it's not necessarily an indictment on the other player. Like, I'm not saying like, oh, Jordan's trash. He was never good. No. If 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 LeBron's one, Jordan's two. If Jordan's one, yeah. LeBron's two. There, I'm not I'm not at all dissing Jordan. I just think LeBron has done like LeBron is ridiculous. And and same thing, like people sleep on the fact that LeBron, that Jordan had the teams that he had when they try to say that bronze teams is whatever. Jordan, well, Jordan Bron, had bronze Cleveland teams weren't great at all. I mean, his at all like his Cleveland teams were not good. So we are we are totally like. <laughs> 
<laughs> so if you came yeah, for the like debate, we're, we're old school Humpty Hotline in it tonight when you and I would debate all kinds of crazy stuff. But uh, this was fun. So we're we're an hour and two minutes into this thing. It's probably time to shut this thing. That that hour and we, two minutes we went by. Go for a quick fifteen minutes. Let's 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 hit the Chiefs for fifteen minutes. I know you really wanted to get to them. Let's let's hit them. For for me, as far as the Chiefs go, and I, and I have this in here, and we can we can probably start here. It, it was supposed to scroll, but it didn't. What does the outcome have to be for you to feel good about this football game against the Chiefs? Uh, well, I mean, a win, a win would make me feel only only a only a win. I'm I'm done with moral victories. Twelve like to ten, twelve to ten, nine to seven. Bills kick three field goals. Patrick, the, the 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 Mahomes scores. You know they get seven points. These two type of teams. So the Bills and the Chiefs. If the game is nine to twelve, I'm okay with that. If it's ten to twelve, I'm okay with it because we both know who their offense. Their offense is high powered. If that means their defense showed up on both sides and it becomes an amazing thing, then I, I'm good with the win. But I'm so or over moral victories at this point. Like we've we don't have to, you know. Oh well, yeah, you know, we played good on defense, and we we don't have to do that anymore. It, right. I want to win, and it's time right. that we get over this hump, and it's time that we beat this team. I agree, I agree to a point as far as that goes. I don't know that it needs to be because for me it's about a mindset, and I think the Bills have a mindset right now as a team that we still we have not yet in this current version of this football team been in a situation where we can play with these guys. I I don't think for one second that that nine point loss in the season last year was like oh we played with them we only lost by nine. I think that that score was not indicative of what the Chiefs did to us, and I think you would agree with that. Mm-hmm. For me, a win is a win, right? I, I, I don't want to see a 12 to 10 win. I don't want to see a nine to seven win. If I'm going to see a win, I want to see a convincing win or something that's in shootout vernacular. And this might just be my bias as it pertains to this football game. When I think about this game, I think there are no moral vic- victories. However, there are mindset victories. If the Bills lose this football game to me, 42 to 38, it tells the Bills we can play with these guys. Because I think the coaching staff specifically, and by and large, the team follows the lead of their coaching staff and what their coaching staff tells them. The coaching staff has told this team, we can't win a shootout. We don't want to get in a shootout with Patrick Mahomes. If we get in a shootout, we're going to lose. If the Bills go 42-38 to and lose that football game, that tells the Bills, in my opinion, the players, we can play with these guys. We stop them one more time. We win. And that, to well, me, speaks volumes to the future. i tell you what. We're going to really see what this defense is about. This is a real test this week. Hot take. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm misbehaving today. I love you, Jay Spence. <laughs> I love you, dude. You are my favorite. That's why you're my best friend. That's why you're my best dude. dude. I'm misbehaving. I'm going to get in trouble. I'll probably get a DM after this. <laughs> <laughs> That was amazing. But, but do you no, understand where I'm coming? Do you understand where I'm coming from when I say that? I do. I get it completely. And I like and I understand if there's a portion of the fan base that feels that way. For me, I don't I don't even want to see it. I don't want to see a 39 to 38 win from them. Like from them. I want to see a win. Yeah. Like if they beat us by a point, I, it, to me, it's not like, oh, well, we can hang with them guys. I'm tired of hanging with those guys. I'm tired of but I, but I, I think I think a point 14 to 13 is different than a point 42 to 41. I think an L is an L. An L. 
You don't think there's something to be said for the Bills coming into a playoff football game? We put 40 points on them last time. All we need to do, all we need to do is stop them one more time. If we can stop them see, one more time. I don't I don't want I don't want the versus I go in versus there and I versus, beat them. versus 10 to 9. We lost by one point, couldn't do shit against them, had to kick three field goals. To me, it was a, like when it comes to this game. So, for instance, we lost against the Steelers, right? We hated that. Yeah. We won week two. Well, we won week two, and it was like the the way we won, some people were still like, oh, I got questions. Like, yeah, we won 35, but the offense didn't quite look like the offense. Josh didn't quite look like Josh. Week three, we won, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a shutout. But we all felt better because of the way we won. With this, the Chiefs, they're they're past that. The Chiefs are, we need to beat them. You can't mm-hmm. feel comfortable with a loss anymore with them. Like it's it's not about being like, hey, we um, you know, well, we stopped Mahomes. He didn't throw 300 yards. At least he only threw 250. And he no, no, I don't care how I, I want to win. And I and right. and to be honest with you, to be honest with you, I want to go into Kansas City and I want to smack them. I don't, I don't want I don't I, want this I to be fun as, at all. I do as well. I just for me, there's a great deal of, and this comes back to what I said early, early on in the show. That it's about coaching. If the Buffalo Bills coaching staff walks into this football game and says, "Hey, we don't think we can win a shootout. We don't want to get involved in that. We want to like control the clock and limit possessions and all that BS, which is garbage. What they which they tried to do in the past and did not work." And now the one thing the Chiefs have going for them is the run game. And the Bills are going to be like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put the ball in the hands of Zach Moss and Devin Singletary and rely on that. And we're going to take the ball out of the hands of Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, Dawson Knox. That to me is infuriating and an insult. Well, I don't think that's going to happen now, though. I think I think now... I think the offense has something to prove. I do. I think, I think, I know he was injured. Stefan Diggs told us after, after the fact that his, his, um, his rib cage was, was injured. And, you know, we all know now that, that Cole had the broken leg or it, fractured leg, sure, not broken. Sure, you know, sure. it, was, so, it, was a, it was a torn, uh, yes. Diggs had a torn abdominal muscle is what it was. Yeah. So, so we know Diggs had his injury. We know that, that Beasley had his injury and, you know, so we had a beat up offense. I think the offense has a has a chip on their shoulder at this point. Like, okay, we didn't look the way we wanted to look in the AFC Championship game. We got to go out here and do this. But like I said, the pressure's on the defense. The I, last I, two I, times we faced this guy, these guys. Go ahead, go I back. agree, but it, but it's not. A, it's they don't get to choose. It's whatever Dayball. Do you think that the Bills? Do you think that the the Josh Allen walked out under the football field in 2019 in that hurricane against the Eagles was like, I'm gonna throw the football 41 times. I don't care what anybody says. Or do you think Dayball was like? We're going to throw the football 41 times in a 55-mile-an-hour win. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the Bills' offense thinks they have to prove. It's about what McDermott and Dable decide they're going to do. And that, to me, is the crux of this football game. I want to see them go out there and, like, abandon the run from from go other than when they've rope-a-doped them. We've Mm -hmm. passed the ball 17 times. You're all on your heels and back. And now we're going to give it to Zach Moss or Devin Singletary, and the dude's going to rip one for 26 yards just to punch you in the face. I'm with it. But I don't, that's my fear, though. I don't think that's what's going to happen. Well, m- my fear is losing. 
that's my fear. I, no, seriously, too, I like I, too, the bill, if the Bills lose this game, they're still going to be fourteen and three. I'm not worried about losing this football game. Well, I predicted them in during the offseason to lose this game. So, like, this was one of the games during the season that I felt like we were going to lose still. I didn't think that uh, – you, you remember, over – you know, with the free agency moves that we made or didn't make and with the draft, I didn't feel like yep. we moved the needle enough right. to, to close the gap against the Chiefs. Right. I think the way they're playing, I think the Chiefs are going to come out a little motivated and ticked off. So I, I think that this is going to be a better game than a lot of some Bills fans are getting cocky. You know, it's like, oh, the Chiefs suck. You see their defense. They're horrible. We're going to mm. blow them. Look, I'm going to just tell you, yeah, I need to I'm relax. On, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not still, on that wagon. Yeah, I'm not yeah, on that wagon. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, and now one thing I do, and I don't want to overstate this, but I think chemistry is a big deal as well. They still have a very good offense. They're adding Josh Gordon. And I don't know if it's going to be adding Josh Gordon like, OK, we'll give him five, ten snaps just to kind of get him in the mix or if he, they're really going to try to get this guy in there. I know that Patrick Mahomes thinks that he's and he is very good, like to Bruce's point earlier, he's only played one bad game in his career. I know he thinks he can make everybody look like, you know, everybody uh, can be the greatest when they're playing with him. I don't I, I personally I just don't think that that Gordon is there anymore. I, I just don't. So was he 31, nine years in the league? I mean, yeah, I love, I loved Josh. Gordon. I mean, three years in the league and six years out, you know, yeah, like, I, I loved what he brought. I think Josh Gordon could have been, I don't know why I'm talking about this. Josh Gordon could have been one of the greatest wide receivers to ever play football and just obviously had things that he struggled with and in, in the NFL, regardless of where you land on the rest of that stuff, as far as what the NFL allows, and doesn't allow, and it is what it is. But to your point, yeah, more than likely he's not coming in and make. He's not. He's not going to be Sammy Watkins in this football game. I Shout agree. Out to Don. Yeah, I want. I agree with her as well. She said, "I just want Josh Gordon to be healthy and stay sober." And I agree with you a hundred percent. Agreed. But when it comes to this football game, he gonna mm -hmm. catch this because Tremaine gonna catch a body if he run across the middle. As as much as I want him healthy and sober, yes, amen. But if you run across that middle, you about to get caught. You it's gonna be some crushed. tape. It's gonna be some tape on the field. So talking about game film, game predictions. What do you got for a game prediction? And uh, if you guys want to just jump in the comment section and give us what you got for a game prediction in this football game, what do you got, Spence? <clears throat> I got thirty-one to twenty-four Chiefs. Really that low? Got 31 24 Chiefs. I think it's gonna be in that forty-two to thirty-eight range, thirty-eight to thirty-five. I think it's gonna be tight, but excuse me high scoring and if it's not don't listen to the overreaction post game show because no, I'm gonna that's be, gonna be that's gonna be the highlight of my freaking week i cannot <laughs> wait i cannot I'm gonna wait. Be, if we lose that's gonna be the best part because it's gonna be a bad loss if we lose that's gonna be the best part of my week is listening to your show if we lose 12 to 10 it's not gonna be a fun show to watch because i'm gonna be it's not gonna be great it's just not going to be great. If we lose 38 to 35, there's going to be takeaways and things to talk about and stuff like that. Shout out to Nautica, by the way, who showed up on the time to shine. And uh, just, uh, I think she was a lurker for a long time. And now is like a she's part of this here. thing. Yeah, part of this thing. So she, she, she's in here. So we appreciate you. Um, I will send tissues. My sister said, that's funny. Josh Allen stat line. Uh, I think Josh, um, I think he has a decent game, but I think he still tries to overexert himself. Uh, so I'm going to go two touchdowns. Going to go two touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, 315. Yeah. This, whoops, where'd it go? 
Son of a, it just scrolls too fast. Mafia Mom asks, so you think the Bills move the ball less effectively than the Eagles? I'm honestly asking no sarcasm. No sarcasm taken. Uh, I don't know who you're asking. I don't think either. So you said, what, what was the number you had? 31 to 24. And I said, I think 38 to 35, 42 to 38. So no, neither of us think that the Bills are going to. The only reason the Buffalo Bills score less than the Eagles or have less yards and yes, less all of that stuff than the Eagles is because the coaching staff has decided that we're going to run the ball 45 times and we're going to allow them to run the ball 45 times. And they're going to try to what they call speed the game up and keep the clock running to limit possessions. That's all we're saying. And what I said was, is if the bills do that, I'm going to be infuriated because that's not who the Buffalo bills are. And to me to win, you dictate, right? Yeah. You, you make them play your football game. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I just um, I, I just think that right now the, the Chiefs are still in our heads, you know, Um, and like to Bruce's point, I believe it when I see it, you know, I, I not that I don't believe in our boys. I, th- I think that we're talented enough to do. I thought we were talented enough to beat them in the AFC championship game. I 100 percent did. And I still do think that, you know, we can beat them this Sunday. The distraction However, factor in that to me was big. I, yeah, I, I just I, think I, all of it. I think all of I, it. I still go back to the Buffalo Bills staff and ownership trying to pass a, a rule in the NFL that that coordinators and whatnot cannot interview for jobs until after the AFC Championship game. I, I feel like the Bills walked from that game going, our coordinators were not invested in that football game because they were worried about getting jobs in the NFL. I don't know. I, I just feel like that's a cop out. And I'm not, you know, not attacking your take there, but I just feel like because every every year the final four teams coordinators are interviewing for jobs because if you make it that far you're being looked at uh eric first of all their offensive coordinator is by far in my opinion he's by far overdue for a head coaching job he's been interviewed every year for the last yeah that guy like he's he's by far just like an amazing you ever listen to his his pressers Mm -hmm. he's the most impressive coordinator like i mean like regardless of what metrics you want to put it up against or who you want the guy is so impressive yes he's interviewed every single year for five jobs and it it doesn't matter their offense is still doing what they're doing so while i agree with you like there was a ton of distractions that we weren't used to because we were not used to being on that platform or that level i get it but i don't want to use that as an excuse they they came out and they they beat us they just did it Josh Allen for me, I, I've got him over four bills. So I think if uh, if if Hertz is going to put up 400 yards against the Chiefs, I think I think Josh Allen is going to as well. So probably in that 420 range, four something range, um, uh, three four touchdowns, AK Cash. Yep. We we just need to go. Thanks for the super chat, AK Cash. By the way, thanks for being a part of the show. We just need to go down and put up 50 points in their D. They are atrocious, and that's not outside the realm of possibility. As much as Bruce said it, you agreed. I agree. I'll believe it when I see it because Bruce also said that they're kind of the boogeyman for us. And this isn't a news flash. The chiefs have always been the boogeyman for the Buffalo bills in the heyday of Jim Kelly. What that we were just talking about, the chiefs had our number just like the mm-hmm. Steelers. did. So this is kind of like that moment to flip that script. As far as that goes, the only time the bills that I remember beating the chiefs when I was a kid was in that AFC championship game when they knocked Montana out of the football game. So um big game coming sunday big game final thoughts uh final thoughts is enjoy it enjoy the ride um Mm. enjoy every emotion of it as a fan just enjoy it like it's it's um it's the season to really like 
take your time with these games and, and just like really enjoy all the motions. That's why when I came for week one, yeah, we lost, but that's why I enjoyed the entire tailgate experience. I wanted to take mm -hmm. pictures with everybody and I wanted the same thing here. If you're going to Kansas City, good, represent properly, be loud. But at yeah. the same time, just just please, everybody, just take it in. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. This, this, this is the year to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into whether live or in podcast form, the Humpty Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Multicast Network. I'm your host, Joe Miller. You can find me on, on uh, Twitter at Joe Miller Wire. That's my co-host, Jay Spencer King. Where can they yes, find sir. you? Oh, at Jay Spencer King on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I barely use Instagram, so you might not want to catch me there yet. I'm going to get there. I'm going I'm to get my Instagram up. I promise. Yeah. That's awesome. This show is brought to you by the Market Dominator. Who's the Market Dominator? Well, the Market Dominator is a real estate broker with Keller Williams. My guy, John Spascheck. Actually, mine and Jay Spence's guy, John Spascheck. Yeah. John is an awesome dude. And if you're looking to buy or sell a home, in the, in, he can help you anywhere. Clearly, he's based in Western New York, but he can help you anywhere in the country. Uh, John and his I gotta team. I got to talk to John. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I interrupted your read. I got to talk to John about, about what I was talking to you about earlier. Yeah. So you need to call John. So if you're going to call yeah. John, you're going to call him at 716. It's right there on the screen <laughs> over here, down there. 716-570-3298. 716-570-3298. John will answer his phone. Uh, you can also reach him on his email at youreliteBroker at gmail.com. John is also Bill's Mafia. You can find him on Twitter at Your Elite Broker. But John is the man. His team is awesome. I've used them. All of my friends have. And now it sounds like Jay Spence is going to use them too. So but, yeah, uh, but you know what? I just had a squirrel moment. Like that's that's where you catch it. Just like you. So earlier you had a moment where you you forgot something live on the air. Now I'm I'm having squirrel moments on the air. Like oh wait, I got it. Yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> got big amazing. news coming for everybody uh, for next month too. Uh, I probably will announce it within the next week. I was gonna say you're not gonna. So you bait us and you're not gonna tell us. Well, I've been I've been having big announcements a lot lately. Speaking of which, did y'all catch the code of conduct with Benny the Butcher? Folks, man. Yeah. I just I like I'm still good. on a high from that. I'm still on a yeah. high from that. We got really Conway good. coming up and we got West Side Gun coming up too. So um, you know, be on the lookout for those. But that that's not the announcement. Yeah, sweet. And then uh Saturday night, uh the Bills Mafia Time to Shine at eight, and then the chop up at nine live on YouTube, and then uh the overreaction post game show at nine on Sunday. So with that, I'm Joe Miller. I love my Buffalo Bills. Go, Go Bills. Bills. Go Bills. Let's we'll talk go. to you guys later. Love you, dude. Peace. Love you too.